beautiful songs this morning. Songs that remind us of how great God is and how awesome it is to serve Him. I love the story that takes place in Mark chapter 9 when Jesus and the three disciples come down from the mountainside and there's a crowd waiting for Him. You remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, you have Peter, James, and John up there with Jesus. And I mean, they are so uh, excited about being up there. They say, Lord, we just we want to stay here. We want to build a shelter and just be right here with you. And you remember the words that Almighty God says, This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. We are invited... As God's people in a dark world, literally this morning, right? In a busy culture, we are always invited to slow down and to listen to the voice of God. And so this passage reminds us of something very powerful. There's a little boy who had been terrorized by a demon. And the demon keeps him from talking and often throws him into fits and convulsions that often endanger his life. And Jesus is the only one who is able, with the power that he had, to cast the demon out, and he frees the boy to enjoy life once again. And I love the example that we see of the nine disciples that were waiting down at the base of the mountain. They had already tried to cast the demon out. And afterwards, in verse 28, they looked to Jesus and they said, Why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we drive it out? And then Jesus answers in verse 29, and he says, This kind can come out only by prayer. And some of your versions will say it can only come out by prayer and fasting. And so since Jesus cast the demon out immediately, he must have been talking about a regular practice of prayer and fasting rather than just a concerted effort at just that moment I think it was a regular practice that they were a part of which brings me to this question this morning and that is shall we fast not shall we eat or not shall we pray but shall we fast now one of the things that we noted last week as we're going through a series on the spiritual disciplines, one of the things that I hope in your mind you're beginning to realize, and a couple of you even sent me emails and text messages this week talking about this thought. The spiritual disciplines that we look at in Scripture, you cannot help but realize they are countercultural to the world that we live in today. Every one of them are. And so go back and think about this. We've looked at meditation and silence, and we live in a culture who tries to fill our ears and minds with all sorts of distractions. And then we've looked at simple living, when all our culture does is cause, call us to consume. Okay, We're consumers in the world that we live in a lot of times. And so my guess is this morning... Fasting is probably not on your top ten list, okay? And I guarantee you it's not on your top ten list of a sermon that you would like to hear me preach, okay? But I want to say this. 
I believe that fasting is one of those disciplines that we have far overlooked for a long time. And I want to confess something to you this morning. In my walk with God, I will admit to you this morning as your preacher, I do not fast like I should. I do not make that a regular practice like I should. But I want to tell you something. I am praying and I am beginning to practice fasting more than I ever have. And, I, and we're going to go through some practical things this morning toward the end of the lesson. And, but I want to say this at the outset. Fasting doesn't just have to be a period of going without food. Okay, It can be a lot of different things. And I'm going to give you some examples of that this morning. But I think there's a lot of things in our life that we cling to, a lot of things that we hold on to that we think control us, and a lot of times they do, or that we think sustains us, when in reality what we begin to realize what we really need is a deeper walk with God. I think one of the things we realized this morning, electricity is wonderful, okay? It's great, amen? Well, some of you really like electricity. But you know what? You can get by without electricity for a period of time, can't you? We already had plan B set up this morning, okay? We had generators set up. We were going to have lights down here anyway, and we were going to continue to march on and have service, okay? But a lot of times in our life, we hold on to those simple things that we take for granted. And, and all of a sudden, when it's not there anymore, man, we just kind of freak out. We don't know what to do, you know? There is a way to realize in our walk with God, what we need to cling to more than ever is Almighty God. And it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to actually put that into practice and to see what that can look like as we go through life. I want you to look in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. In just a moment, I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. But before I do that, I want to point out a couple of scriptures in Matthew 6 before we look at verse 16. I want to start in verse 2. This is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And I want you to look how countercultural this is. Jesus says, So, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Jump down to verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And then look at verse 16. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, and no one will notice that you're fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, I'm going to stop short of saying one thing this morning, okay? And I know some of you cannot wait until I say this. There is no command in Scripture to fast. 
Just as Jesus didn't say, if you fast, neither did he say, you must fast. But fasting is mentioned all throughout Scripture. Okay, so it's obvious here in the Sermon on the Mount, just as when you give to the needy, just as when you pray, Jesus says, when you fast. And so it's obvious that it was a regular practice in the life of Jesus. But do you realize if you go back and look throughout Scripture, here's one of the things that you'll notice. At various times in their walk with God, you saw Moses fasting. You see David fasting. You see Elijah. You see Esther. You see Daniel. You see Anna. You see Paul. And of course, in Matthew 4, you have the example of just one of many of where Jesus, as he is beginning his public ministry, he began by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of the fast, you remember what the word says? He was hungry. Okay? There was a purpose. There was a reason why Jesus retreated back and in his walk, as he's beginning his public ministry, there was a reason, I believe, that Jesus spent that 40 days and 40 nights in prayer and fasting. I mean, you think about the ministry that was before him. You think about all that was on his heart, all that was on his mind, all that he knew he needed more of the Father and less of all the distractions around him. And yet, how many times in our own walk with God are we distracted by things? How often do we go about and we have all these things set out that we want to do, but culture sets in and the things of this world cave in around us and we become so enthralled in that, we become so busy, we become so wrapped up that a lot of these practices, a lot of these disciplines that we're looking at in Scripture, they just kind of go right over our head and they're not a regular practice of who we are as people of God. I wonder what would happen if we did this. And just along with all the other disciplines, fasting is no different. You have to determine in your heart and in your mind, this is something that I'm going to make a part of my regular walk with God. Okay? It's not a matter of if I fast or should I fast. This is something that I want to do because I know it's going to help me grow in my relationship with God. I mean, think about it. When you give to the needy, does that not help you in a spiritual way? It helps you just as much as it helps the person that you're taking care of. And so the focus of all of this, by the way, is growing stronger with God. It's not necessarily for you as much as it is, this is what God wants you to participate in in your life. I want to give you a, a good definition that I saw uh, in my research and study of this. Here's what it says. Fasting means this. You lay aside any pleasurable and or vital activity for a period of time. Okay, I'm not asking you to go out this morning and just totally give it all up. Okay? But you are going to make a decision and you're going to choose for a period of time to give up a pleasure or vital activity in order to intensely pursue God. Now I want to stop right there for a minute. In your practice and in your walk with God, do you really, do you find those times in life where you're struggling? 
Do you find your times where things are just kind of there? Apathy has set in. Church, I want to tell you, apathy is the worst thing right now that's taking place in the lives of so many Christians. We're just kind of there. I mean, we're just kind of sitting there. This world will change and this world will grow closer to God when we as Christians intensely go back to pursue God and pursue those things that are right. And we've got to stand up for that. All the things that's going on in our culture right now, there's a lot of things going on in our world that is not good. My question is, what are we doing as Christians to turn the tide? What are we doing as Christians to have a say in that? What are we doing to intensely pursue God and to know His mind with the intent of obeying His revealed will for our life? That's where I want to be in my walk with Him. I want to be so intensely pursuing the things of God that I know his mind and I know his heart and when we know his mind and his heart guess what it's going to trigger down into our life and into into our well-being and this world cannot help but be a better place because we know God a little deeper and I believe throughout scripture when you look at all the different examples of prayer and fasting, I think that's the one thing that jumps off the page more than anything. This was done and this practice is exampled for us to realize, man, this is where God wants you to be. This is who God desires that his children are in his walk with him. And so in addition to fasting on a personal level. I don't know if you remember this. Some of you may not have been at our church at this time. A few years ago, we did a group fast. We did a fast as a church for a weekend. And we began the weekend fasting and we ended it at our life groups on that Sunday. And our purpose that weekend, we fasted because we were praying and we were setting aside a time in the life of this church where we were choosing additional leaders to serve us as shepherds and I remember we went through a period of teaching on fasting and then we wanted to not only teach it we wanted to practice it and so many of you participated in that in this church I believe it made a difference in our walk with God now I know sometimes you can't participate in that for medical purposes I understand that but if you can't fast from food I'm going to challenge you later in this message to fast from something else. And I may give you some examples that you really won't like. But I really don't care. Because I think it's something that we need to look at in our walk with God. I love what John Piper says in his book, A Hunger for God. He says, if you don't, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied it is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world and your soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great God did not create you for this 
There's an appetite for God and it can be awakened. And I invite you to turn from the dulling effects of food and the dangers of idolatry and to say with some simple fast, this much, oh God, I want you. You know, you think about it. When you want something bad enough, you'll do anything in the world to get it, right? I wonder this morning, do you want a deeper relationship with God so bad that you're willing to go places and you're willing to do things and you're willing to enter into some practices that maybe you've never entered into before? I know. It's a fear of the unknown, right? But church, let's think about something. If it's not here, if it's here in Scripture, when you fast, God's not going to invite us to participate in something that he hasn't already done himself. He's not going to encourage us as his children to walk somewhere and to go somewhere that he has not already gone before. And so what he's challenging us to do is to go deeper and to go places and to experience things in your walk with him that you may have never experienced before. And instead of feeling a little scared about it, have faith. Have faith that as you enter this, it's going to strengthen our faith and our own walk with him. I love how David says it in Psalm 69, verse 10. He says, I humbled myself with fasting. You know, when you humble yourself, there's no telling what God can lead you to. There's no telling what will take place in your walk. And so, I'm going to ask this question this morning, because I know some of you are probably asking it, so I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Why fast? Why do we do that? Let me give you a couple of things before I give you some practical things to think about. Number one, I think fasting helps us, number one, to draw closer to God, and it helps us to humble ourselves before Almighty God. Oftentimes, all the things in our life that we take pride in are just stripped away when we go through a period of fasting. And so the ability to move and to think fast and the, the ability to be productive and our physical strength are all reduced. And as one writer says, maybe we need to call fasting just a slowing down. Okay? So maybe in our walk with the king, maybe we just all need to just slow down a little and see God. Slow down and realize God is really working. You realize God is working in our life even when we don't think he is. God is alive and well, and I know a lot of people are so down on our culture and our world right now, and there's a lot of evil things. But you know what? There's also a lot of good things going on. And so instead of focusing on all the bad, God's inviting us, look at what I'm doing and he's inviting us to enter in to where he is already at work. Do you realize that? And so a lot of times we think that we've got to make something up or come up with the next best program or whatever. Maybe what God is trying to get us to do is to just slow down and open our eyes and to realize there's a lot going on already in many of our communities. Maybe God's inviting us to join him right there. Think about that. Fasting also allows the Holy Spirit to bring clarity of the Word of God 
to our heart and mind because we slow down and we humble ourselves and we begin to realize man god's spirit was put here for a reason god left us his spirit because he knew that we would need it as a guide and as a comfort and as one who to lead us in places that we might not ever go on our own and so we need to allow the holy spirit to lead us in those places but here's another thought we allow the holy spirit to show us our true spiritual condition that's a stretch isn't it that's a hard place to get when's the last time you've prayed lord i want you to show me where my weaknesses are in my faith lord i want you to show me where i really need to grow You've got to humble yourself and you've got to strip yourself of pride and begin to realize when you pray that, you better be careful what you pray for because you might just get it. And so if you're praying for that, God will reveal and he'll show you things in your own life that may just scare you to death. But you know what? That is not all bad. That is God shaping and molding you into the person that he wants you to be we sung a beautiful song this morning lord take control lord take control now do we just utter that with lip service or do we really mean that when we lift our voices up in praise and worship god lord take control my heart my soul my mind take control of all of it so when we fast it enriches our prayer life and it reminds us that it is not food that sustains but it is God it is not electricity that sustains it is God it is not you fill in the blank this morning that sustains it is always God so how do I do this well First thing you do not want to do, don't go out. I know this was an example of Jesus. Don't go out for the next 40 days and say, I'm going to enter into a time of fasting, okay? Don't do that. Number one, start small. It's like physical exercise. You want to train yourself. Now, I mean, you're not going to jump into 40 days of fasting with no training, just like you're not going to go try to run uh, to train for a marathon you're not going to go try to run 10 miles today you can but good luck with that okay i'm not going to go run 10 miles today i can tell you that right now okay you got to train yourself though and so also not only start small here's another thing determine the purpose of the fast is it to seek god now i know that's a given but that's a great question because if it's to seek God, what area of seeking God do I, am I really trying to aim for in this fast? Is it to uh, seek direction of some kind? Maybe you're struggling with a sin or struggling with an addiction and you're going to fast and you're going to pray for a particular direction that God leads you to in that time of fasting. Uh, is it a time where you're going to fast because you're praying for a friend? Know a lot of people who fast because they're fasting for somebody else they're fasting and they're praying and they're doing things during that time uh, where they're focusing 
on God and particularly that person and they're lifting him or her before God. So another one, you got to plan for the fast, okay? You got to be specific about when you're going to start it, when you're going to finish it, and how all that's going to look. You've got to fit it into your schedule, okay? It's not just going to happen. You're not just going to wake up one day and, oh, here it goes, we're going to fast. You've got to plan for that. And so, let me give you some other things besides food to think about. People fast from TV. People fast from radio. Instead of keeping the radio or you know, music on in the car, keep it off. And leave, keep it off for a week. And let that be a time where you are just focusing on God. You're focusing on things around you and you're allowing God to feed your mind on good things. Let's face it, a lot of things we hear and listen to on the radio is not always fulfilling. It's not always good. And so some people fast from that. Some people fast from magazines or newspapers or other media. Some people fast from computers. Now here we go. This is where I'm really going to step on your toes. Some people fast from Facebook. I fast from Facebook all the time. Okay, you know that. Okay, Doug, you do too, so you can laugh because you're with me. Some fast from Twitter. Some fast from Instagram or computer games or shopping. Well, I'm really treading on water now, right, ladies? What's the purpose in all of that? A lot of times we become so addicted and we think, man, if I don't have my phone or if I don't check Facebook, or if I don't check my email, or whatever, all the time, it's like the world's going to cave in. Do you realize we are in charge of our phones? I heard someone the other day look at their kid and say, do you realize your phone really has an off button? Turn it off! And you realize this? A lot of times, you don't always have to take that call. Okay? You've got to determine in your mind, what is it right now? Now, this is between you and God. What is it in my life that, I just, that I'm addicted to, that I've just got to get on there, or I've got to look at it, or I've got to have it, or it's not going to be a good day? What is it for you? Now, be honest. All of us have something that we struggle with. Okay? Don't leave here today and think, man, I am Superman or Superwoman. I don't struggle with any of this stuff. Yes, you do. You determine what it is. And I challenge you. I'm not going to dare you, but I challenge you, go for a day, go for three days, go for whatever period of time you think that you need, longer than five minutes, Okay? And the time that you're not involved in whatever, you are replacing that in prayer. You're replacing that by reading scripture. You're replacing that and filling your minds with something that's godly. With something that you can intensely pursue God with during that time. And so here's the question. Am I willing to give up any or all of that for a period of time so I can focus on God for a while? Only you can answer that. Can you do that? See, fasting is more than just skipping a meal. It's more than just 
skipping out on whatever it is you're giving up on. That time that you normally would spend doing those things, you're replacing it with something of a spiritual nature. And I promise you, if you'll do it, you will draw closer to God in ways that you probably can't even begin to imagine. Now, I'll be honest with you, I really struggled this morning with how to end this message. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to think about what we've said this morning for a few days. I want you to pray about it. I want you to go do some study and some research on your own with this discipline. And I want you to think about it. But here's the challenge. Don't blow it off. Take it serious. If it was an example that Jesus gave to us in his walk, is it not something that we should look at for our own? And so think about that. And if you're satisfied with where you are spiritually and you feel, I don't need to do that, that's between you and God. Nobody here is going to judge you for that. But my bet is a lot of us probably struggle with apathy and we struggle with just status quo in our relationship with God. And I'll tell you this, God is not pleased with that kind of heart. God is not pleased with that kind of life. He expects more from his children. And so when you think about all of those things, if and when you feel led to participate in one I pray that it will bless you in ways who knows what's going to take place and I pray that over this church today and I ask us that we go to God in prayer father we love you and we thank you for your example and father we thank you for examples that we have looked at this morning from your word that may not always be popular especially in the world that we live in. But we know, Father, that it's good because it's from you. Father, we, we look to you and your Son and your Spirit that lives within us. And we confess to you, Father, this morning, there are a lot of times in our walk with you that we struggle. There are times in our walk with you, Father, that we are not where we know we need to be. And I pray that you work through all of us in this church. And Father, I pray that you would challenge us to look deep into your word and to draw from your well to realize that you call us sometimes to do things in our life that we may not want to do but that we need to do to draw closer to you give us a heart to come after you and we lift this prayer in the name of jesus amen this morning we're going to stand to sing a song of invitation and i want this time to be where you can reflect you can go ahead and stand and I want this to be a moment where you can reflect on where you are with God.
Some of you may be here and you're ready to begin your walk with God by putting Christ on in baptism. And we welcome you to do that and we'll be here this morning to assist you. But if there's prayers that you need, we can do that in a public way. But I want you to respond to God where you are right now in whatever way you need to do that as we sing this song. Let's sing.